Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now let the show begin. Hi, this is The Author Show, and I'm your host, Linda Thompson. Before I introduce our guests, just a quick reminder, the selected interviews are available in our iPhone app, which can be downloaded in the App Store, as well as on TV on the Roku channel and Amazon Fire TV. Our app name on all platforms is The Author Show. What kid hasn't dreamed of going to the moon? And how about if we jump ahead to the year 2113? That's the premise of Leo Gray and the Lunar Eclipse, the debut novel by K.J. Crook. Written as a children's science fiction book, she takes her young readers into an unknown world, and she's here to share more. K.J., welcome to The Author's Show. Thank you so much for having me, Linda. I'm excited to be here. Okay, will you please give us a quick overview of Leo Gray and the Lunar Eclipse? Uh, Sure. The story is about an 11-year-old boy who, in the future year, 2113, lives with a family who completely resist conforming to the current times. They don't live in a robotically maintained home. They don't ride around in self-flying cars, and they don't let Leo ride around on airboards or hover skates. As you can imagine, this leaves our young protagonist dreaming of escape and the moon's new luxury city, Luna City, seems the ideal fit. So when a government competition is announced in search of the nation's brightest science students, Leo is quick to join in, but his winning is soon denounced by his father. And instead of ending up on the moon, Leo ends up grounded to the most dangerous job in town, Tree Patrol with his weird and stinky neighbor, Mr. Dog's Pat. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, anyhow, it's not long before a series of mysterious tree burglaries begin to take place when Leo's disbelief, his neighbor goes on to blame aliens for their disappearance. And as the summer finally rolls to an end, Leo's even more surprised by an unexpected gift from his neighbor, Mr. Dog's Pat which is a ticket to the moon. So space camp soon pursues and Leo's whirled away to the prestigious Lunar Academy where he embarks on a classic coming of age tale full of self-discovery, tests of courage and bravery, and ultimate battle between good and evil like you've never before read. Oh my gosh. So how did the idea for your story originate? It's kind of a, a goofy story, but we were relocating from Minneapolis to Honolulu. And at the time, I was in this less than idyllic vacation rental. (laughs) I wasn't at all what it was described to be on VRBO, but it did have this really great view of Diamond Head Crater, which is that iconic volcano you see on every postcard sent from Waikiki. Anyway, I was trying to get my better half to give me some feedback on a little story I was writing about a young girl who enters a forest and ends up on a magical adventure. Or in other words, I was writing the most innovative story of all time. Long story short, he wasn't interested in it. So I asked him if he's so smart, what he'd write about. And he rather mindlessly replied, Pan Twardowski, or in Polish, the man on the moon. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I wasn't, I wasn't at all you know, impressed by his uninspired remark. So I threw myself out into the lanai, and I remember as I was looking out at the moon just shining brightly over 
that volcano, I heard the main character's mother's voice go off inside of my head. And she was bellyaching about how her behind the time husband wouldn't allow for her family to buy, uh, to buy a robotic dishwasher. Um, <laughs> Did you write Leo Gray and the Lunar Eclipse with any particular age group of readers in mind? No, I didn't. I really just wrote for myself. Um, I really wasn't thinking I was writing a book at the time. So I was just writing for me. Is your book similar to anything else a young reader may have read? I don't personally like to think that Leo's book is like anybody else's, you know, story out there. But uh, readers would say it's a great recommendation for fans of Harry Potter, Percy Jackson, A Wrinkle in Time, The City of Ember, and the old-time classic Hardy Boys. Wow. So do you think that your style of writing was maybe influenced by any other author? That is a very tricky question because I've not ever really been a fiction reader. I've always kind of sat in nonfiction other than fairy tales when I was growing up. But I did read Nancy Drew pretty religiously in elementary school. So I think I would have to maybe give my credit to uh, Carolyn Keene. Are Leo and his friends modeled after any young people you know? No, I, I don't really know too many young people. <laughs> No, yeah, can't think of any young people. <laughs> so where did you get the idea for Leo? I mean, you had to model him after something, right? Yeah, yeah, I think Leo is a kind of a look back at myself. Um, when I was a kid growing up, I was so, something of a kind of embarrassing, uh, but something of an art prodigy. I could draw and paint Michelangelo when I was in fifth grade. And when I was about Leo's age, I ended up getting sent to a boarding school for the arts. And that was kind of where everything kind of escalated for me um, with my artistic career. Um, but then also where the same similarity is with Leo. Well, that brings me to my question that you mentioned, in addition to being an author, you are also an artist. Are you the talent responsible for your colorful book cover and the illustrations throughout your book? Yes, I am, which surprised me because <laughs> I really didn't think I could pull it off. Um, I didn't want to pull it off, <laughs> to be honest with you. I contacted a number of illustrators and asked them if they could help. But finally, as my publishing date crept closer and closer, I realized that I was going to have to be the one to do it. So I didn't really know how to draw on the computer. So I just kind of had to had to wing it, I guess. <laughs> well, you did a great job with that. Now Thank I want to know. Uh, will Leo be returning uh, to us in a sequel or perhaps a series? Yes, he will. He will. I'm not, I can't give you any dates on when, but he's definitely coming back because there's so much more to the story than what you see on the surface. Do you have any idea how many books you may write about Leo? Any idea? I know there's going to be three. Anything beyond three is beyond me because I've not gotten that far yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> Leo Gray and the Lunar Eclipse has received some very nice awards. Will you tell us a little bit about a couple of them? Yes, actually, just yesterday, the Purple Dragonfly Award um, from Story Monsters, Inc. And we won first place for science fiction. We also just won, I believe, last week, the Ford Indies Book of the Year Award 
which is pretty exciting. We got Reader's Favorite, uh, Silver Award, and Mom's Choice Award, Silver Award as well. So a couple of silvers, one first place, and again, the Book of the Year Award, which we're thrilled about. Wow. Well, congratulations on all of those. Thank you. You always wanted to be an artist. Did you ever think that you would also be a published author? No, not at all. (laughs) Probably that was probably the last thing I ever thought I could do because I've, you know, if you ask my English teachers, I I couldn't spell. I still can't spell my grammar. (laughs) You can just throw it in a garbage bag. Um, (laughs) In real life, I talk like a sailor. So (laughs) (laughs) yes, I, I just never thought I could write something. But I just remember growing up when I would look back at what I was what I really was passionate about in school, it was those really rare moments when the teacher said, okay, get creative and write something. And that was when I just shone, you know, and it was my favorite time of favorite time of the day, but I just never really thought because of this, I guess, this dogma we have on what it means to be an author, that someone with a story and some creativity can join the team. That's a great story in itself. So now I want to know, is there a moral of the story in Leo Gray and the Lunar Eclipse that you want your young readers to remember? I think I want them to remember to be confident, to be themselves, to always stand up for what's right, even if that seems tricky or hard. I didn't really write it with the goal of having some moral to it. I just really wrote it to, you know, again, I guess, find myself. But, you know, when I read back on, read back on it and tried to think of the deeper meaning within, I mean, it's mainly just kid empowerment and standing up for what you believe is right. Well, that's a pretty darn good message, standing up for uh, what you believe is right. So good on that. The next question I have is, what kind of feedback have you gotten from young readers so far? Um, Well, I had a really fun email come in telling me that somebody thinks I'm awesome, (laughs) 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 which was kind of, which was kind of funny to me because I had never referred um, to myself as that before. And let's see, just some random, some random other comments that are looking for book two, actually a couple comments looking for book two and mainly um, requests from parents for me to send, like send things to their children. But that, that's been the basic commentary on that from adults. You know, we've been receiving more information, requests, requests about the academy that we have coming up. Well, okay. What kind of an academy are you talking about? So with the book, we are launching a little community to pair along with it called the Online Lunar Academy. And we are working towards having personalized content for the children so that they can read the book and then dig deeper into it on a personal level. That's also going to encourage the arts and STEM, uh, which we're really, really looking forward to. It was supposed to get launched this year, but due to everything that's come up, everything has been backtracked, but we are fast away at getting, getting that put together. What a phenomenal idea. Now, would you please read a short excerpt from Leo Gray and the Lunar Eclipse for our listeners? Sure, I'd love to. Um, I'm going to read a little bit from Chapter 11, Down the Secret Stairs. The walls going down the hidden stairwell were cold and damp and covered by an eerie dock. Not too far down them, the cobbled steps became so drenched with darkness 
that not even light from Leah's or Pavo's lunar watches could do much to better guide them. These stairs don't end, do they? Pavo lamented, as he, Leo, and Andromeda had been traversing down them for what seemed like ages. Leo was just about to agree when he stubbed his toe on flat ground. Don't worry, he said, looking around hopefully. I think we've made it. But where they had made it to, Leah didn't have the slightest clue, as they were surrounded by a series of pitch black carbonous tunnels. What is this place? Pavel wondered aloud. The light from his Luna watch tailed across the stalactite stripping overhead. It's probably just left over from construction, suggested Andromeda, holding back shivers. Well, whatever it is, said Leo, his breath dangling in the air. It sure is creepy. Come on, he added, locating Archimedes on the map. Archimedes should be this way. However, not more than a few steps down the tunnel's blacked out path, Andromeda stopped everyone with a hiss. Shh, did you hear that? Hear what? asked Pavo, looking around. But when nothing more came, both he and Leo were quick to dismiss whatever it was for just tunnel wind. Only a few seconds after they had restarted down the path, Andromeda was at it again. There, hear it? She whispered sharply. This time, Pavel heard it too. Hey, I, I think she's right, he said, nudging Leo to listen up. But before Leo could make out what it was, Andromeda let out the faintest shrill. Leo and Pavel turned on the spot, and as the light from their lunar watches reached the far end of the corridor, they were terror-stricken by what they saw. There, at its start, was a shadowy figure pressing closer toward them. What a great excerpt, and you certainly left us on a cliffhanger there. So tell me, where can we learn more about you, and where can we purchase Leo Gray and the Lunar Eclipse? Well, it's pretty easy. You can go to leograybooks.com. That's L-E-O-G-R-A-Y books.com, and there you'll find links to most major retailers. And there's information about you and book synopsis and maybe information about coming books? Not too much about the coming books yet, but <laughs> yes, you'll find all that good stuff there for you. We've been talking with K.J. Crook, author of Leo Gray and the Lunar Eclipse. K.J., I've really enjoyed talking with you today, and I believe a lot of our listeners will be very interested in getting your book for their youngsters. I do hope that you'll come back and chat with us again when you publish the next in your series. Thank you. I would love to come back. A zaning boarding school romp dominates in Crook's futuristic middle-grade debut novel about friendship and bravery, a humorous and heartfelt sci-fi tale. Well, that was from a review for Leo Gray and the Lunar Eclipse that I hope has you going to leograybooks.com to purchase your copy for the youngsters in your life today. And don't forget to leave a review when you finish. And please share this interview with your friends so that they too may become acquainted with our author. And remember, the author show may be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com. Plus, selected interviews can also be found on major platforms such as Amazon Fire TV, the Roku Channel, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, and many more. Whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books, theauthorshow.com is a really great place to start. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorsshow.com. Theauthorsshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.